Please enjoy this sport bloke segment from an upcoming or recent episode. So, Shui, it's time for bed. The English have been put out of their misery. For those that don't know, that's a reference to the video with the, co- the cops turning up and and who was it? Nathan Lyon, oh, Travis Head. Oh, that's what you're referring to. Re- yeah, did you hear that? Like one of the cops yeah. like, it's time for bed. <laughs> like they've oh. been up partying all night. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what you were talking uh, about. Just yes, then. well, it's well and truly time for bed for the English. It's Well, it's been a nightmare to follow the analogy, hasn't it? it like has. The Ashes are finally done, 4-0, all over. Yeah, and I have to say, it was a very, very different fifth test. It kind of seemed like an outlier in terms of the overall play, the conditions, everything. I genuinely thought England were going to win that one before they went into bat in the fourth innings. Well, I mean, 271. I just had a feeling. I don't know. Yeah. I, I was silly to think that. Well, but... I mean, you could be forgiven. I mean, it's probably about as English conditions as you could pretty much manufacture. Miserable weather, cold temperatures, ball moving around. Pretty much the Duke ball was the only thing that was missing. Yeah, yeah. So I can understand why it would have looked like that. But I guess looking at the track record of the English, well, how did they go making scores of that? That's right, yeah. Not particularly Struggled to score above 200. Well, six out of their 10 innings in that series, they failed to make 200 compared to just once for Australia. Yeah. And it was also the first time since 1958-59 that they failed to make 300 in an entire series. But Stewie, it gets worse. England were docked eight points for a slow overrate. They only gained four for clinging on at the SCG by managing to hold on to that last wicket. This is from Matt Roller, by the way. I saw this on Twitter. So they'd be better placed if they'd forfeited all five tests and stayed home. Mm, would have been a lot colder, though. <laughs> True. So I guess Again, though, hats off to them for even coming out. Oh, because with the COVID shit going on, like, respect. Mad respect. Well, and with all the, the testing, all the other stuff. The quarantining, been... it's a nightmare. Yeah, like some guys have been away for, like, six, nine months. Yep. So it's, it's crazy. And poor Dawid Milan missed the birth of his child because his wife gave birth six weeks early. She's another Milan out too quick. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. But I have to ask the question. Did you enjoy this test? Oh, yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I yeah. fucking loved yeah, it. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the, the day-night tests bring a lot of action. They often only last three and a half days, but they, they do bring a lot of action. I, I do like the day-night tests. The, the reason I enjoyed it so much is that it kind of gave us a chance to see what would happen if the Aussies were right up against it. So three for 12 after 10 overs. Incredibly slow going. Balls hooping around a mile. Nobody can get runs. Wood bowling hand grenades. Yeah. And, yeah. You, and you start looking at it thinking, all right, where's the next run going to come from? And yeah. that's that has been a rarity in this entire series. So you start thinking, okay, what's going to happen? Labashane's already been dropped. He should have been out for a duck. You've got Travis Head who's coming back in after missing the previous test. Oh, this is going to be slow going. And then all of a sudden they just flip the, the rear guard action. entire script on us. Yeah. And well, sometimes the best thing to do when you're up against it is to, is to I mean, it's it's a risky strategy. Play it like a T20. Well, it paid off. It paid off. So they've gone and made 71 off 74. And then the calamitous fall from Labashane right in front. The stick cricket. Yeah, dismissal. it was, it, I mean, I don't know what happened, but he's just obviously lost his balance and Broad finally put one on the stumps and there you go. Well, basically he said to Joss Butler, hold my beer. You think his dismissal was bad? Uh, I mean, given the circumstances. Well, yeah, okay, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, but it, the way, like, yeah. It, it's certainly one that you'll remember, that's for sure. It's very unusual. And then, yeah, Cameron Green comes in. Yeah, well, he was magnificent, absolutely. That was probably one of the types of innings. Well, it's the innings that I think we as WA folk were expecting from him. I couldn't believe, and look, 
we're guilty of it too. We were maybe stuck the boot into Melbourne United in the basketball too early, for example. But I couldn't believe that people were calling for his head after two tests. It's like, he's the all-rounder. He's got the spot. You've got to give him the full series, surely. Well, and he, prov- he produced in the end. I think the big thing is it's not just the potential with the bat and the ball. It's the fact that he fields so ridiculously well in that gully region. Oh, he's a great fielder. He would have saved... I reckon at least a hundred runs in that series just from stopping balls that would ordinarily go for four. Hundreds a lot. 25 fours, talking one a day, okay. basically. No, yeah, I, okay. I, I can remember sessions where I'd seen him save three of three or four of them. Yeah, okay. Okay. So it, it could be close to a hundred runs. Like it it seems like a lot, but I mean, realistically, he was there for all five tests and yeah, he, okay. He, yeah, he yeah. saved a lot. Only play to pick up 13 plus wickets, score more than 200 runs and take three or more catches in an Ashes before his 23rd birthday. His average with the bat and ball was absolutely magnificent. I'll tell you what, we don't need him to bat at three, but we're crossing our fingers. He's a bit of a Jacques Callis type for us. Well, I mean, it's kind of looking that way. Ball's a really heavy ball. Really, really great behind the, the wicket, basically. Any, anytime he's sort of back there, I mean, you can put him in the slip cord and he'll catch anything. And yeah, decent, handy batsman who's just kind of working his way into the, the test career. I mean, it's early. You can't expect him to be making centuries every time he strides out. So. No, it, look, if you if your all-rounder gives you 30-odd runs and a wicket or two every innings, I think they've done their job. And anything on top of that is, is gravy. Hmm. So absolutely, I think he'll be a stalwart of the Australian team, hopefully, for years and years to come. And so that 121-run partnership was, yeah, just so crucial for the Aussies in terms of getting away from a score that looked like it might be maybe 120, sort of thinking at three for 12. If we can get to 120 here, this is good. So to be able to push past that and... How is David Lyon? Well, this is it. <laughs> he didn't even bowl a ball. <laughs> what what bizarre. 31 off 27 Oh, the those sixes. Year. He hit one into someone's backyard. Hmm. Oh, man. Good souvenir. Though. So good. So good. And so 303 on the board looks like a very much above par score. In fact, probably comfortably above par, maybe close to 100 runs above. Oh, considering the way we started, it was a magnificent effort. Absolutely. But I have to ask him reply, why the fuck are England taking quick singles in the second over? Yeah. I mean, Burns had already been given a life when he nicked one that wasn't reviewed. So then be slow off the mark taking a quick single. It's, it's suicide. And sure enough... Minus Labashane. And I have to actually say this before I get into this. It amazes me sometimes just how quick at that level the ball goes from leaving the hand to hitting the stumps. He's a good few yards away and it's like a tenth of a second and it's there. Oh, he's a fantastic fielder. Very but good. If you look at it slow motion, you sort of think, geez, like he's pretty close to the line already. And Minus hasn't even thrown it. And that ball catches up so damn quickly. So that's what you get at that level. Uh, it's, it's just it's so impressive hell of a throw so here's a tweet from matt back at matt not front rory burns is the <laughs> last <laughs> not front that's awesome rory burns is the last english opener to be run out in a test series since rory burns against new zealand in hamilton in 2019 prior to that the last english opener to be run out in a test was rory burns against sri lanka in goal 2018 not a good runner no mm. no well it's, i think some of it's decision making too that too yeah, but yeah. he was a bit slow. I noticed on that one there was just a tiny little skip before he planted the foot and went. And that was one of the sometimes things, the slightest hesitation. When I used to do training, so I, I did a bit of training with the Wildcats youth team, and I tell you what, they were very very keen on the whole idea of 
you plant and go. It's not plant, put your foot back and then push off. That little split second is the difference between getting open or in this case, making your ground. Oh, absolutely. Huge. So after that, look, it was a... It was an okay-ish start. I mean, guys were making runs. I mean, you looked at Milan made a 25, Root made a 34, Crawley made an 18. So they've all made Lots starts, of starts, yeah. But yeah. no one was able to go on with it. A poor decision by Ben Stokes. In fact, he was out the same way in both innings. Caught Lyon, bold Stark. So not particularly smart. Thank God, in terms of the English, that they actually had a bit of a rearguard sort of front. Chris Wokes, 36. Billings, 29. He actually probably looked the most composed out of any of their batsmen. Yeah, no, he played quite well in debut. No, he did well. So they were able to scramble from a five for 85, six for 110 to actually make 188 and kind of look like they maybe had a slight chance. You kind of thought, oh, if they can come in here and skid all the Aussies for a, a low amount, okay. You just never know. But then it happened. An absolutely piss poor performance by the Aussies in their second innings. David Warner, second duck. Not a great test for him. How's this for a stat? And again, thank you, Swampy. First player to carry his bat and make a pair at the same venue. Saw that. Bill Reeve. I yeah. did say that. It is absolutely nuts. It is nuts. But the English had plans and they worked. You look at Marnus Labuschagne, they said, right, let's let's try bowling a little bit of short stuff and then we'll put it just, just back on a length and he, and he nicks off. Stephen Smith, let's try bouncing him. Plays the short ball poorly. It's the same sort of stupid decisions that seem to get these guys out all the time. I mean, the New Zealanders started the bounces with Steve Smith and that was what was working for them. Wagner was able to get him out a couple of times in the series. And look, it makes Smith look... Human. I don't want to say ordinary, but yeah, human's probably the right way to put it. Yeah, no, he didn't have a great series, it's got to be said. No, he didn't. Well, I mean, they've said he hasn't had a century since... We said one since the Ashes in 2019, which is very unsmith-like. And so... Yeah, we get to the second innings, 271 required, and you start thinking to yourself, all right, and I said this last week, if they can just get through that first 10 overs, they're a chance. Oh, they started well. I think the fact that they went in in that swinging night session didn't help, but they did start pretty well. Well, that's it. And, and it's like anything. You've got to ride your luck early. You've got to be able to you, you know, miss a couple just outside the outside edge. You've just got to hope that you don't nick one off. Look what happens, though. They get through that first 10 overs. They start looking comfortable. And she's had it not been for Rory Burns leaving his bat up a little bit too high, trying to leave one and edging on from Cameron Green, they'd be going in at none for 68 instead of one for 68. And then it just, from there, yeah. There were regular enough wickets. But they they really, at the end, it was like the barman called last drinks or something because they just collapsed like a deck of cards. It was terrible. I mean, 10 for 56 off 136 balls, that is hideous. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we we always talk about those big moments and that little sort of, as I say, that little moment just before the tea break where Burns chops on, that is a moment Australians won. And from there, you look at the last nine partnerships, 14, 1, 9, 9, 6, 0, 8, 8, 1. Mm, It's disgraceful. And again, I talked about it last week. Stokes' temperament for the test level needs to get better. Mm. He's, he's supremely talented. He's got a lot of natural talent and ability, but sometimes he just doesn't dig in and he needs to. Well, that's it. I mean, poor hook shot straight down Nathan Lyons. Oh, I couldn't the believe that one. I couldn't believe that he played right into their hands. But I mean, you could make a case for a lot of them. Sam Billings tried to pull a ball forward a square and hit it straight to Pat Cummins. I think really the only person you could probably give a pass mark to in terms of their dismissal was Joe Root. 
copped one from Boland that basically pitched Stayed half, low, yeah, pitched yeah, halfway yeah. down and just kind of rolled. Yeah, yeah. So you can kind but of... That was just one of those, yeah. Yeah. You, fourth innings kind of, yeah. You give him that. So yeah, as you kind of said, they folded like a deck of cards. It was not a particularly great day if you're an Englishman. I mean, obviously for us as Aussies, it was great to watch. But you kind of wanted a little bit more fight than that. Yeah. I mean, it was entertaining. I think that Joe Root would be better off not being captain. I think he'd play better. But the problem is, who do you give it to? There's no one. There's no one banging down the door. Yeah. So. Billings? (laughs) No, like I'm actually being half serious. Well, yeah, you've got to give him a few matches. Yeah, well, I mean... I mean, he he had the best energy out of any of the Englishmen in the entire series. And maybe he had the most to prove. And that was didn't he? He drove like nine hours or something after being called up from the Big Bash, basically. Mm. So yeah, no, oh, great effort, honestly. I, he was probably one of the few that I was really impressed with. Mark Wood, I thought, was spectacular throughout the, the entire, Wood was excellent, yeah, entire series. Yeah, but no, he's great to watch. There, there weren't many of them. So a couple of other things to talk about: the slips, Corden. Yeah, in that fourth test, they were almost silly slips. Basically touching each other. Oh, it was arms. incredible. But yeah, in the, it kind of carried on in the fifth test a bit, didn't it? Well, did you see the scenes before the start of play where Shane Warne and Adam Gilchrist were actually out with Smith and Carey talking to them about the positioning and about the distance? Right. No, I can't say that I did, but... It was very interesting. I'm sort of looking at it thinking, hmm, should they be doing that as members of the media? Right. I don't know. Is, the, is it... I, look, I don't know. It's could be completely above board. But to me, I look at it and I think, should they be getting involved with that sort of thing? Oh, uh, well, I don't know. It's probably a, if the field positions are such that they're abnormal, I would have thought it was an obvious question to ask. Hmm. So, uh, but to actually be out on the ground, I, I do. I just thought that's mm, not, not entirely sure about that. But yeah, okay. anyway, it didn't really seem to make a huge difference anyway. They're all still there. Thankfully, Alex Carey had a better match with the gloves. Yes. No drops. Absolute screamer towards the end. As no well. blown runouts. Yeah. Yeah. So very, very good. But the Aussies weren't perfect in the field. There was one where Smith dived for one that was Kawaja's, I think, from memory, that was ending up in a drop. Anyway, you can't get them all, I guess. Did want to pose a question to you about David Warner. So we've already spoken about the two ducks, the drop catch. He had three in the second innings in Sydney. Ordinarily, the thought wouldn't even cross my mind, but. He's not been great in the back end of the series. He's 35 now. And the conventional wisdom is you always pick him in Australia. Do you pick him in the subcontinent? I would, because who's the alternative? Mm. That's the problem. So he's still great in the field. He can bowl leggies. I think you've got to at least start with him. But, I mean, what's the alternative? Marcus Harris, he's been pretty shit. When was the last time that David Warner bowled in a test? I mean... Oh, well, it's just nice to have the option. I don't expect an answer because it's probably been that long. Oh, look, it's very rare. But I I don't know. Let's say, for argument's sake, one of Marnus or Smitty get injured or both of them or, you know what I mean? It's just nice to have have that option. Yeah. I dare say, though, if we weren't having these issues at the top, he might be under a lot more pressure right now. Oh, no, I I think you're right. I think it's a a question that previously would have been scoffed at, but I do think it's a legitimate question. Mm. Just my answer to it is, what's the alternative? And I don't think there is a viable one. Oh, I agree. And he does play spin too. So he's got to be a walk-up starter to the first couple of tests. Now, if he fails in them, then it gets really interesting. Mm. (laughs) I don't know, unless someone in the shield knocks down the door. Now, moving to after the game, I did want to talk about the celebrations afterwards. So David Warner brings up the champagne, starts shaking it up and spraying it. You saw Usman Khawaja sprinting out of screen because he is Muslim. Yes, We've seen this a number of times. There were a couple of Yeah, well, we talked about it with the English. Yep. 
so obviously brilliant to see Pat Cummins as a captain tell the boys to put him away so Usman could join them up on the... Up yeah, the he waves him up. I think he himself put it away, didn't he? And yeah. then he waved him up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, look, he's a great captain already, isn't he? Like, he's got, there's a lot of good things in the right column for him. Is it frustrating, though, that that was a bit of an afterthought for everyone except for Cummins? Oh, I think in the heat of the moment, Kawaja wasn't even in the team at the start of the series. I think they can be forgiven. Mental lapse? Yeah, I think I think the, the right outcome happened. I guess the difference is they weren't showering him with it, which is, I think, what we had the issue with yeah. for the, the those English guys like, yeah, up on the yeah. balcony. Yeah, here. yeah, and that might have been... I think that was one of our very first episodes. I think that was back in 2020, it actually. Might have been, yeah. Yeah, I, I look, I, I saw Osman's tweet. He basically said, thank you, they did the right thing. So he's clearly not bothered by the fact that they started with it. So mm. I don't think it's a major, yeah. And I did see in the celebrations, the boys all out at one of the pubs and Kawaja was there, seemed happy. Didn't really seem to be having any issues. Obviously didn't have a beer in hand or anything yeah, like that. Right. But um, certainly seemed like he was comfortable enough celebrating with them there. So that's, that's a good thing. Hmm. So a couple of takeaways from this series. For me, certainly for the English, Billings absolutely has to be, certainly for the next three to five years, he has to be the project as far as behind the stumps. I think his energy, I think the way that he positioned himself, caught really well, he bats pretty well. He's the sort of guy I think they need to look at. I, I don't think that Butler's the outside. No, no, no. Certainly not as a keeper anyway. So No, I agree with that. That's certainly one. You want a specialist keeper. Absolutely. And I think Bairstow, when he's fit, absolutely needs to be there. I think he was their second best batter in this entire series behind Root. And I remember when I was a kid, Richie Benno always used to say, keepers that can bat are basically all-rounders. Absolutely. And I never really appreciated it until I got older, until I've seen more bad ones. Mm-hmm. And it, some of it is the influence of short form and T20 and stuff. Speaking of that, hopefully one of the silver linings to come out of this is hopefully the 100 dies pretty quick as a result of this. Hopefully it's a casualty of what's been a disastrous tour, let's face mm. it. Yeah. Now, looking at the spinner side of thing, I heard Shane Warne talking about Mason Crane. He kind of almost has to be an all-in option for them right now. Don Best, Jack Leach, they're not working right now. Crane's only really had one shot in Australia where, of course, he's going to get tonked. Try him at home. Try him at the subcontinent. Oh, of course. Let the Try chips... him against a lesser team. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. See what happens. Yeah. So I think that's absolutely the right thing. And then, yeah, you did mention it before. I probably should have brought this up a little bit bit earlier, but another great tweet from Sir Swamp Thing. This is talking about the whole Nathan Lyon not bowling thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yep. There have only been five completed test innings where Nathan Lyon hasn't bowled. Two of them were in this match. Yeah, right. <laughs> of course, because he didn't bowl for the match. In fact, three of them have been in this series. Yeah, bizarre. So yeah. he had... 24.3 overs against South Africa and Newlands in 2011. 21.2 overs versus India, Adelaide 2020. This is the length of the innings, by the way. And, that, and it makes sense because you don't even get to the spinners. Exactly. Yeah. 27.4 overs versus England, Melbourne 2021, which is late last year. And then you had the 47.4 and 38.4 overs versus England at Hobart. So this is actually the first time an in innings of more than 28 overs has not featured Nathan Lyon. Yeah. Amazing. It is amazing. And it goes to show how well the, the bowl was bowled. Cameron Green is that sort of, in inverted commas, part-time, you know, as, as the all-rounder. Look, he bowled spectacularly. Scotty Boland, everyone's already saying, put up a statue of him outside, <laughs> outside the MCG. Yeah, he's very popular with the Tassie folk as well. Yep. I mean, who would have thought that the dominance with the ball would be that high with Josh Hazelwood playing one test yeah. And, and Cummins playing four. So these guys are all missing tests. Oh, the next man up thing. Everyone produced. Ridiculous. Yeah, good signs. Now, one more random question to round out the ashes. 
At four for 100 off 27 overs on day one, Fox Cricket put up Winviz. <laughs> How dumb is that? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Why would you put up Winviz when you're only halfway through, not even halfway through, yeah, yeah. through the first inning? Yeah, yeah that's bizarre. It's, and how dumb is it the Aussies were 57% at that stage? Yeah. Yep. Like just, I don't understand. There's no bloody need for it. <laughs> keep the win viz for the T20s. Yeah. Or towards the very end of the match. Yeah. yeah. Or at least, yeah. Second exactly. inning. Second inning. Yeah. So. so we move on to the ladies' ashes next, which is a combination of obviously some short form and a test. Unfortunately, the Aussies have been dealt a blow. Beth mm. Mooney, broken jaw today in training, I believe. So yes. that's a big out. And there's already a couple of other outs. So you can safely assume, even if it weren't for the injuries, that the English women will put up much better fight than the English men did. Oh, it goes without saying. But having Mooney out potentially is... Well, broken jaw. That's probably the whole series. Potentially. Depends so, Depends what sort of protective gear they true, give her. True. But yeah, it's a, it's a big loss. I mean, she's fantastic in the field. Brilliant batter. One of the best in the entire world. So very, very difficult to replace. But you know, good in the field. Yeah, look, yeah. And that's very fresh news. So more will come out probably by the time this is released and edited. Typical, so, yeah. Yeah. Oh, look, constant news cycle. Is what it is. But yeah. yeah, hopefully it'll make for a slightly more competitive series. Oh, I reckon it will. I think the English will be well in with a good shout. Yep. Another thing going on at the moment is the Under-19 World Cup. So the Aussies beat the West Indies and lost to Sri Lanka in their two games so far. One game left against Scotland. Pretty poor net run rate so far. We probably need to de-kilt the Scots, which <laughs> hurts me as my second team. But, uh, and then we've got to hope that Sri Lanka beat the West Indies as well. Well, so it's very possible. It is possible. And then heading over to India, after being stripped of the ODI captainship in what seemed to be acrimonious circumstances. In the bottom of a press release, yeah. He's now stepped down as the test captain, Virat Kohli. So out he goes. And he's, his record is impeccable as a test captain. His win-loss record, his stats, everything is magnificent. But he's done. So there you go. Went out yelling at the stump mic. To- well, that's <laughs> what I was going to mention next. And where's the consistency? So... They were yelling into the stump mic basically, well, no, basically about it. They were accusing the South Africans of cheating using the technology. And yet Hazelwood says, who the fuck is the third umpire, for example, that gets caught in the stump mic and he gets suspended, but the Indians get no reprimand at all for accusing the media of cheating for their home team. That's outrageous. Who, BCCO, who yeah. runs the world? Yeah, yeah. Them. Yes. Yeah, it's, oh. it's pretty piss poor, to be honest. It's very piss poor. And so, yeah, after losing the series over there, as you say, step down, there's already been a little bit of a list released in terms of the likely candidates for the job. You've got Rohit Sharma, who is now the ODI captain, getting on a little bit now. So you have to kind of wonder, is that the right move? But then he's got the job in the ODI, so maybe it kind of makes sense. Yeah, well, maybe it's just an obvious change, yeah. You've got KL Rahul. He seems a little bit quiet to me. So I don't know, but sometimes the quiet ones are... The most tactical. Well, Smitty isn't a rah-rah kind of guy. There's a lead by example type. There's different types of captains. Yeah. Yeah. Ajinkya Rahane has kind of been in and out of the side a little bit. I'm not sure about that one. Jasper Bumra, a little bit younger. Rare to give it up to a bowler. I mean, I know Cummins has it. And and maybe they look at the success that we've had with Pat Cummins. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. I think a worse person. Kapil Dev. Yep. I think of a lot worse. Wazim Akram. It does happen. Hmm. So, yeah. Yep. And then Ravi Ashman was the other one. Right? Mm, not entirely sure about that either. So, yeah, I'd say between Sharma and Bumrah for me. But we will soon see, I guess. Yeah, uh, I don't know about Bumrah. Yes, we will see. Mm. We will see. 
And then just to round out the cricket, Ramiz Raja has come out with a very interesting little idea. I'm not sure how you're going to feel about it, Nate. Well, actually, you, you're very sure. Yes, I, like, <laughs> yes, I'm entirely sure. As will our regular listeners. So he's he said in a tweet, Hello, fans. We'll propose to the ICC a Four Nations T20I Super Series involving Pakistan, India, Australia and England to be played every year to be hosted on a rotation basis by these four. Do I need to even ask for your thoughts, Nate? Well, first of all, where the fuck's New Zealand in that list? They made the bloody final at the T20 International. Mm-hmm. And where the fuck are they going to fit it in the... Look, I like Ramiz Raja as a commentator, but that's lunacy. That's fucking stupid. No, I agree. There's no time for it as it no, is. No, it's like, really? And what, what's the benefit for... Well, I, I know it's a phrase I keep uttering, but how many more cuts in the thousand to, to the death of Test cricket will that lead to? Mm. I mean, why? Why? Yeah, I don't see it. I mean, you've got a T20 World Cup. That's the sort of time that you, yeah. you play those rotational sort of... Yeah, I, I don't there's see... There's the IPL. There's domestic competitions all around the world. There's already too much T20 in the calendar. What, you want to fit more in at the expense of other teams and at the expense... I read the tweets from the Icelandic cricket. Actually, yeah, where's Iceland on that list? <laughs> no, but but they made a good point. They'll never improve if they don't get a shot. So what, are you going to add, add another class system where you only allow four teams again... At the expense of New Zealand, I think it's a terrible idea. Terrible. So tick from Nathan. Yep. Yep. Good on your right, Remis. <laughs> oh dear. And we'll talk about the Big Bash next week. Yep. Finals time. Go to the yeah, Scorchers. So I'll actually watch a few games. Yeah. So as expected, the Scorchers finish on top. Sydney Sixers and Thunder finish tied. The Adelaide Strikers fourth, and the Hobart Hurricanes on twenty-seven points. That's right. The new format. So and look, it's a trend in world sport where more than half the competition makes the finals. Mm-hmm. So they'll it's uh, the everyone gets a trophy yeah. generation. So they'll they'll square off with Adelaide in the participation. <laughs> but yeah, we'll talk about that more and I'll actually watch the games because it's finals time. Woo! Thanks for listening to this Sport Blokes segment. Why not listen to the full episode and check out their Twitter at Sport Blokes? 